0: Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review, and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message.
1: Welcome to both the Gospel of Matthew and Luke for our scripture. We'll be using the subject preparing for Christmas in Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, and then we'll go over to Luke chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, reading through verse 25, the conclusion of the chapter. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not, till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Then over to Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin, a spouse to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee, blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. The angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall bring, shall give unto him the throne of his father David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? The angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, Elizabeth she hath also conceived uh, a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called to For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Shall we unite together in prayer? Our Father, we are thankful for this season of the year and for the message that is brought to our hearts from the Christmas story. Reveal to us your will, your truth. Empower us to be a part of the Christmas season in a very special manner that we can share together the good news of the coming of Jesus Christ into our lives and into the world. For this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. I assume all of you are preparing for Christmas in some way. You've already done a lot of it. I had to decorate the Christmas tree yesterday as a part of the preparation. I tried to get out of that, but didn't succeed since there were any kids home to do it. I was pretty well instructed as to how it was to be accomplished and succeeded, I think, in in fulfilling uh, Cricket's wishes and getting the tree ready in the way she thought it ought to be. And if I do say so myself, it looks pretty good. There are lots of other preparations that are taking place in all of our lives. We know that businesses are in full force with all the decorations up and to find things out for us to go to the store and buy that we might share some of this joy. I think perhaps we overdo the commercial aspects of Christmas, but to be that as it may, we are in the full swing of it. Our schools, no doubt, are making all the preparations that are necessary, certainly our churches and many churches. We have next Sunday night, we want all of you to come, and bring someone with you. Let's have a good attendance as the BYF and others prepare for the story of Christmas as we celebrate together next Sunday night, this very special day. There will be churches putting on Christmas music and Christmas cantatas all across our land. And This is important and it's good. In the home all these things are taking place that that would remind us that we're going to attend a birthday party. The birth of Jesus Christ. Now in the midst of all our planning there comes times when things change. Whether it's for Christmas or whatever it might be for. You have made your plans and your intentions to go on a vacation to celebrate some particular event in your family's life or in your own life to suddenly have it interrupted. The normal plans and preparations were disturbed by some other event that changed your mind, changed your plans. I always am afraid to answer the telephone on the day that I leave for vacation for fear that there's something going to take place that will change my plans. And if I can get out of the house without that phone ringing, you can bet I will. And I plan to go where there are no phones in order that nothing is going to interrupt what I want to do. But, invariably, those things happen. That happen in your life and mine. We do not want those normal affairs of ours to be changed, but they are changed by some other event. This was true in the lives of three people that I want us to look at this morning. In the lives of Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth, in the life of Joseph, and in the life of Mary, they were going about their normal affairs preparing for their everyday life. Zacharias was a priest. It was his job to perform certain functions in the temple. And he had gone to the temple to make the normal preparations and lead the service as he would usually. And an angel appeared unto him. The announcement the angel made changed that man's life completely. He had no children. His wife Elizabeth was well in years, long ago. She had uh, gone beyond that age of childbearing. They had no children. And the angel there in the temple appeared to Zechariah and said, you're going to have a son. Ha uh-huh. ha! Who are you kidding? I'm an old man. My wife is old. I don't believe you. But it happened anyway. But because of his unbelief, you recall, the angel told him, you will not speak until he is born. And until you have said his name is John, there will be no words come from your lips. And that was so from that very moment. Elizabeth apparently did not deny the angel's announcement and believed. Zachariah responded somewhat like Sarah did in the Old Testament when the angels appeared to to Abraham. And as they sat in the in the tent door and, and ate a meal, the two angels and the one that we believe was the Lord himself and discussed with with Abraham, and the angel said to Abraham, you will have a son. Sarah, your wife, will bear a son. And she laughed. An old woman bearing a son. And then when they called her attention to it, she denied that she had laughed. An angel appeared, and they would not believe him. At least Zachariah would not. Many people would say, if an angel would appear to me, you can bet I'd believe what he said. What makes you think you would believe any more than Zachariah, if an angel suddenly appeared to you? Jesus gave us a parable of a rich man whose name was Davies. Who let a beggar lay outside his gate day after day, and would not minister to that man's needs. And finally, the beggar died, and also the rich man died. The beggar, the scripture says, went to the bosom of Abraham, and Diades went to Hades. There he was in torment, but he looked across that gulf that was fixed. Those of you who were in Bible study a week or so ago, we discussed what this gulf was, and and what the two parts were, how that the, uh, the righteous were in one part and the unrighteous were in the other. And Dives was in the unrighteous section, in Hades, in hell, if you will, looked over and saw this rich man named Lazarus in sitting there in comfort and pleasure, communing with Abraham. It was described as being in Abraham's bosom man asked Abraham if he would let Lazarus come over and just put a drop of water to his lips so that he might have some comfort and Abraham said no that gulf is fixed nobody can cross it one way or the other he said then well, would you send Lazarus back to earth and talk to my brothers to tell them not to come here And Abraham's response was no. They have the prophets and they wouldn't even believe if one arose from the grave. And so it's true. Even though Jesus arose from the grave, the world will not believe that it happened. Why would they believe if an angel suddenly appeared when something more marvelous was accomplished in our lives and yet we don't believe. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? Then you will believe from his birth to his resurrection. As a matter of fact, you will believe from his birth to his second coming. But you will not believe because an angel appeared to you. You will believe because the Holy Spirit communes with your heart. Zacharias wouldn't believe. Although he was to be the father of the forerunner of Jesus Christ, and as the scripture says, he was to be the forerunner, he was to point out Christ, He was to identify the savior of the world, and his own father would not believe that that was his purpose. He was to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That, folks, is our purpose. We are to make ready this community for the birth of Jesus Christ. We are to make ready our homes, to make ready our schools, to make ready our businesses, to make ready all of society to prepare for an event. The event is the birth of Christ. But let's look at the second person that we need to talk about. And that's the person of Mary. What do you know about her? The things that we know about Mary are very, very slim. Number one, we know that she had a cousin named Elizabeth. Do you know who her father was? Well, the Bible tells us who her father was. It was Eli. His name was Eli. Do you know how many uh, brothers and sisters she had, or do we know that she had any? We only know that she had one sister because she was identified by name, and her name also was Mary. And that comes from the resurrection story. The time of the crucifixion and resurrection. The three women was Mary, the mother of Jesus, Mary, her sister, and Mary Magdalene, the three Marys. In those days, they happened to name their girls and even some of their boys by the same name. That's all we know about her. Except, the Lord found her very honorable. The Lord found her to be favorable to him. She was not perfect. Not at all. And tonight, when I talk about the wise man, I'm going to talk a little more about Mary. And one of the things that we're going to discover is when the wise men came, they did not worship Mary, they worshiped the baby. We do not in our church give Mary a higher place than Jesus, the baby. But in some we do. But we do recognize that that which happened to Mary was to be a virgin birth. We cannot possibly believe that Jesus Christ is the Savior of the world unless we believe a few things. Number one, we must believe in the virgin birth. We must believe in the death of Jesus Christ on the cross. We must believe in his resurrection. We must believe in his ascension. And we must believe in his return. Those are the five basic principles of our belief that cannot be compromised, that cannot be excused, and cannot be put aside. Those are absolute necessities to believe in Christ at all. If you believe in one of them, you must believe in all of those. If you deny one of them, you have denied all of them. They are one and the same. From the virgin birth of Jesus Christ to his return on earth. Some days yet in the future are all Jesus Christ. Without any of them, we have none of them. He was virgin born. I will say more about that in a moment. The angel appeared to Mary like he did to Zachariah, and announced to Mary that she would give birth to a son whom she would call Jesus. And her response was, I don't understand, for I'm not married. I have never had any relationship with a man. I don't know how this took place either. I don't understand either. How was it possible? Now the scripture says that uh, that uh, the spirit of God would overshadow her, but I don't understand how all that took place. But let me tell you this: I don't need to understand it. This is one of the fallacies that people have in saying, I've got to fully comprehend and understand the whole thing before I believe. That which I do not understand, I take by faith. That which I do not understand, the Lord will reveal to me by the power of His Spirit from day to day. As I am capable of receiving and understanding, I'll come to a more comprehension of God's will. But let those things that I do not understand not stand in the way of my faith. They shall not. Or if your faith, they must not. Mary said, "I do not understand," and the Spirit gave what explanation was possible. I'm sure she still does not understand. She did not understand, but she said, "Be it unto me according to Thy word." accept on faith that which I do not comprehend. But why, why the virgin birth? Was it necessary? Since John the Baptist was to be such a great individual, growing up in the fear of the Lord, could not he have become the Savior of the world? I think people who do not believe in the virgin birth do not understand why it was necessary. You see, from the very beginning of time, God said, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. That's why from Adam on, there was required a blood sacrifice if a person's sins were to be forgiven that law has never changed god still yet today requires blood a sacrifice of blood before sins can be forgiven that is absolutely necessary there has been no change in that law But the day came when he said to the Hebrew people, I hate and I despise your sacrifices. I'm no longer going to accept the continual slaughter of lambs and bulls and doves for me to forgive your sins. One sacrifice now will do for all men for all time. But it's got to be a perfect sacrifice, one without absolute spot or blemish. No, no blemishes, whatever. Where can I find one like that? There was no animal on earth that could be used for that purpose. There was no human being on earth that could fulfill that requirement. And so he said, I will provide the sacrifice myself. I'll give my own son. He will be the sacrifice. But the spirit can't be sacrificed. It can't be killed. of course jesus christ being like god was spirit and therefore it had to be a human sacrifice so god said i will send my son in the spirit down to earth be born but it had to be of a virgin he will be perfect in that he is me he will be human in that he is born of woman and the two will be perfect for the sacrifice, a human being that has committed no sin because he is perfect for he is God. This is the Savior King, born of Mary. Now consider what this must have done to Mary. Humiliation. An unmarried mother. She could have been put to death. That was the law. And yet she said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord be it unto me according to thy word. Complete submission of her will to God. And that's what we need today. For you and me to completely submit our will to God. When we have done that, we are prepared for Christmas. Until we have done it, we lack in our preparation. All right, lastly, let's go to Joseph. Sometimes we forget Joseph in all this story. What do you know about him? We even know less about Joseph than we do about Mary. There's really only two things that we know about him. His father's name was Jacob, and he was a carpenter. And when you've said that, you've given his whole history according to Scripture. In those days, the families made the plans for the wedding. And the children usually had little to say about it. And so Mary and Joseph were engaged. Now you remember in those days, this was a formal engagement And the engagement had to be broken by divorce if it were broken. If we had this kind of strict requirements upon engagement today, we'd have a lot more consideration for marriage given by young people. I can tell you that. You don't get in and out of engagements in the days of Mary and Joseph like we get in and out of them today. So the girl, if she gets mad at her, fiance can just take off the ring and hand it back to him and that's it and he can ask for it back if he wants and she probably won't give it back to him but uh, it's still the engagement is broken in that day it was serious business here they were engaged which had to last a full year before they actually finalized their wedding and would live together and during this period of time this event takes place, and as soon as the announcement's made to Mary, she takes off and leaves home. Goes to see her cousin Elizabeth, and she's over there several months. And when she comes back home, it's quite obvious that she didn't leave home in the same way that she came back. She was wearing her maternity clothes. It was quite obvious that she was pregnant, and Joseph knew that the that the child was not his. He knew that. They had never been together. Now the scripture does not tell us what happened. But let me tell you probably what would have happened. What I think would have happened. I think Joseph asked her, hey, what's going on here? You're pregnant, Mary. And it's not mine. Whose is it? What have you been doing while you've been going? Now listen to Mary's excuse. Would you buy this? Well, Joseph, the Holy Ghost came upon me, and the child I'm bearing belongs to God. Would you buy that? I think had a, a normal girl would have come up with a much better excuse than that one. you know, Joseph didn't throw that response away. He loved this girl very dearly. And if you will notice in the Scripture there in Matthew, his concerns were not over what had happened to him. His concerns were for Mary. He had to divorce her now. There was no doubt about it. He had to, to let her go. But to do that was going to break his heart. But he was more concerned. What's it going to do to Mary? What's it going to do to her? If young people today had as much love for the other person as they have for themselves, they would have the same kind of concern when it comes to breaking up and divorce. All of these things happen. We know they do all the time. If we had the kind of love in our heart for our partner that Joseph had in his heart for this woman Mary, there would be a lot of changes in the way we live and what we do. He was not concerned about what was going to happen to him and how he had lost face. He was concerned about what the community was going to say about Mary. And he knew that he could not publicly go down to the courthouse and divorce her in front of the whole community. He just couldn't do that. He also knew that he could have her put to death. He had the lawful right, but he couldn't do that. And so he was considering in his heart how that he would divorce her in a very private manner so that there would be as little disgrace upon Mary as possible. And when he was considering all of this, the angel appeared to him. And the angel said to Joseph, do not hesitate to go ahead and take her as your wife. Go ahead and finalize the wedding. The year was up. Take her as your wife. Because that which she carries is indeed of the Holy Ghost, just like she told you. When Joseph needed guidance, When he was worried and concerned about the problems that he faced now in his marriage, he did not despair, but he went to the Lord. I believe he got out the Old Testament, which is all he had that day, and he read everything he could find that would bring comfort to his life. I believe he prayed with all sincerity and earnestness. When you and I have problems, we need to follow Joseph's example. We don't go off swinging our hands in the air and saying, I can't handle it. Although we may have difficulty handling our problems, we, like Joseph, must go into a private situation with our Lord and pray and read God's Word and seek His guidance. The angel may not appear to us and tell us, but the Holy Spirit will. And he'll tell us what to do and how to handle the situation and lead us through those difficult times. We're not the only one in life that has ever lost a loved one. We're not the only one that has ever had sickness. We're not the only one who ever lost our job and have no money and are in despair. And the Lord knows these things. And if we will come like Joseph before him and lay out our problem then we will have the empowering of the Holy Spirit just like Joseph did. And we will not be afraid to face our situation. And he took this pregnant girl and he went before the altar and he married her with pride. For he knew that this was the will of God that was about to take place. He refrained himself from any of his private favors until this child had been born, so that the scripture would be fulfilled that Jesus was born of a virgin. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting
0: Father.